the IZ Robot Stuck at Home Show. Hey, it is me, and we are back for another exciting, super fun episode of the Stuck at Home Show, the show in which there is there's something going on outside that's making us all stay on the inside, and inside... We're uh, taking the time that's available to us and making um, everything everything count more, trying to make ourselves be better people, do some do some cooking at home, doing some weightlifting, doing some whatever, man. It's all it's all good in the hood. We're just trying to uh trying to think of ways to keep our spirits up. And like like we do on many episodes of the uh Stuck at Home show, I have I have right here in my hand. I have a box that I received from the on the online, and it's something in here that I I'm gonna open and I'm gonna share with you guys. Let's uh let's do that. How's that for starting off with a bang? Right, we're just like we're on fire right out of the box, dude. Right from the jump, this show is hot fire. But at any rate, let me let me get the Arthur Fonzarelli brand uh, switchblade right here. Switch, pop it open, dice into the box. This is uh. This is a cute little box. I think it is for baseball cards. It says 200 count storage. Protect store display. It looks like it looks like it would fit about um 200 baseball cards. And this is interesting too. There are actual factual stamps on the package. 1 2 3 4 5 stamps. Um two well, no, this is um excuse me. This is a $2 stamp, this is a $1 stamp, this is a $0.05 cent stamp, and I don't know what this one is. That's cool, man. It's not not often anymore that I get a stamps on a box. I can't actually recall the last time. Let's, uh, oh, one more piece of tape. Let's, uh, dice through that. Here we go. Oh, it's wrapped in newspaper. I appreciate that. You know how uh, I feel about the, uh, the various recyclable packing materials. Let's see what this, what this piece of paper is here. Isn't this thrilling? This is the Green Energy Times, some kind of a paper about renewable energy and recyclable paper. Nice, uh, nice move there, my dude, Sean. Sean from uh, Vermont. I, I like that. Here we go. Let's, let's see. Oh, look, his gun and his backpack are separate. I guess that, I guess that tipped my hand. I have in fact purchased another uh, GI Joe, and this guy is a guy that goes by the name of Red Dog. Oh, dang it! I dropped Red Dog's gun. I think, is that it? I think I can see it. Is that it? That was great. I, no, that's not it. That's a Starfleet uh, tricorder device. I mean, a communicator device. Here, is this it? I'm away. I don't want to have to go back under my desk. It's gross under there. Nope, that's another Playmates Starfleet accessory. I, I don't have a flashlight and or my phone with me right now. I can't believe this is happening again. I guess I'm going to the well with another old-timey bit. Here I go. Onto the ground, hoping to find Red Dog's gun. I'm kind of doing a sweep across the ground because I don't really see it. Um, it has to be here. We've gone through this before. Man, this is a lot of lint that I just pulled out. I'm not even kidding. This is so much lint. Here's a thumbtack. Broken thumbtack. Is this the gun? Nope. Piece of popcorn. Is this it? Nope. That's not it. Behind the garbage can. What's this? Nope. 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 Hmm. Quite a, uh, quite a mystery. Can you guys, can you guys even still hear me? You must, is that it? You guys must think I'm such a dope. I can't believe, like, I brought him right out of the bag. I found it! I found it! Let me sweep this lint back under the desk. And uh, I almost sweep the gun. 
That would have been great. Let me, uh, let me get back up there. I apologize. This is not like top flight radio at this moment. So I hope you, I hope you bear with me. We're doing this all on the fly. Let me see. I got his gun. This is, this is Red Dog. He is a member of uh, Slaughter's Renegades. It was a three-man team put together by Sergeant Slaughter of, uh, consisting of like three different wacky guys with wacky backgrounds. I already have the other two, and I've been waiting to get number three. I've been waiting to get this guy, Red Dog, at a, at a decent price, and I was finally able to. Let's see what... What it says about good old Red Dog here inside the, uh, inside the handy dandy G.I. Joe guide. He came out in 1987, and he is... Red Dog was a former barefoot place kicker in the NFL. His name was David Tapatua, and he's from the mainland of Samoa. That's really all it says. He has a 45 caliber pistol, which we almost lost, and a backpack. The other two members of uh, Slaughter's Renegades are Taurus... Taurus I have, he's a bald guy, white guy, and his gimmick is that he is a, uh, acrobat, I guess. And the other guy is Mercer. I think Mercer is probably the most popular of the three renegades. His gimmick, as far as I remember, is that he was a former, a former Cobra troop turned G.I. Joe. This is a nice little box he came in. I'm gonna keep this for, uh... For future use, let me put this paper over here. The recyclables on that side. Red Dog is cool, man. He's like, he's like the second member of G.I. Joe that is also like a former major league level professional athlete. Well, I guess he's the third. You got Hardball, who we got the other day. That guy was like a major leaguer. Then you got Sergeant Slaughter, whom he was a professional wrestler at the highest level. And then you got Red Dog. Dude was a, dude was a kicker. Like, so if he gets close to a Cobra guy, he could cold kick him. And he'll send them flying. I'm happy to have all three members of the Renegades together, though. The Renegades are a member of the uh, B team. My G.I. Joe B team. You know, I got two different shelves with two different strike forces. They're, they're part of that team with uh, uh, Duke. No, Hawk. Hawk is the commander of that team. I recently I recently made some trades. That's how much, that's how much time I got on my hands. So I'm pulling away from the mic again. The command structure of Team B is Hawk. Lieutenant Falcon and Beachhead are the three top guys, along with uh, Sergeant Slaughter, who leads the uh, the Renegades as well as the Marauders. Footloose is the only one of uh, Slaughter's Marauders that I have. They're basically like reissues of GI Joes, with, like different colored, different colored uniforms. I think I try to think who's a member of uh, the Renegades, and I can't really off the top of my head. Let's let's flippy flip. Through the G.I. Joe guide. I know you got Footloose, and then you got a couple others inside of Slaughter's Marauders, who are more of a pushed unit than the Renegades. Listen to me sing while I look for this in here. Flippy flipping through the books by the year. This is now, and now in 1987 going forward. There's Hardball. Here we go. Sergeant Slaughter with a hat. Removable hat. That's a good one. I don't think this is the year with the, uh... With the Renegades. No, this is the year with Night Force and Tiger Force. I'm still, I'm still far away from the mic. I hope that you guys can hear me. Um, I am failing. This is, this is easily the worst episode of all the one. Here's Night Force. Oh, here we go. Slaughter's Marauders were 1989. And the team of that is, uh, it's pretty good actually. You got Barbecue. Then you have Footloose, who I have. Then you have Low Light. 
and Mutt, as well as Spirit. These are all pretty good, uh, pretty good guys, honestly. Real, real top flight dudes, but, um, the camouflage version of Barbecue, Barbecue, is kind of, kind of weird looking. Not, like, incredibly weird looking, but, like, a little, little, little bit. I don't know, I still... I still think they're neat. I, I'm going to have to be pretty far along the line of a G.I. Joe collecting before I start getting into, like, the Tiger Forest, Night Forest, and, like, these these various offshoots. I want to get at least, like, one of all the dudes before I start getting doubles of other dudes. But uh, Red Dog is going to be a nice addition. I think that when when uh, the B-team has some kind of, like, a special mission, they can just, like, they can send Sarge with his renegades and his one marauder, you know, because these guys train together, they work together, they're friends, they fight they ride or die together. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And then after that, we'll be back with what did Gina Vega have for lunch yesterday? Hey, your main cobra. Why can't you meet Slaughter's Marauders? Slaughter's Marauders, camouflage, they can't be seen. But you better believe they're me, they're me. There's me and Spirit and Fuzzles on the attack. Slaughter's Marauders to the rescue. Hey, this. Nobody beats G.I. Joe! G.I. Joe's Equalizer, armadillo and links, figures sold separately. Nobody beats G.I. Joe! Yo, Joe! What did Gino Vega have for lunch? Yesterday, I see robot. It's Gino Vega here with a lunch update. So get this, uh, yesterday I was sitting at home. It was in that lunch witching hour. It was probably about 12.15 in the afternoon. Um, I was playing a little Fire Pro, watching a Fire Pro Wrestling World Heavyweight title match between Bone Cry and Blood Love, and I realized, you know, it's time to start hitting up some lunch. It's time to figure out what I'm, what I'm going to make and go make it, when all of a sudden, I heard all of this barking coming from outside. It just sounded like a pack of wild dogs, and sure enough, it was. It was a pack of, like, probably five huge dogs roaming down the street, with this, uh, I, presumably their owner, this guy striding alongside them with uh, long, flowing, curly brown hair. And I kid you not, almost like leather wristband. And it got me thinking. I was remembering that episode when you got attacked by a dog and that your big watchword um, to the listeners out there was that you are not Beastmaster. You can't walk around with dogs unleashed out in public. But lo and behold, I seriously think I saw Beastmaster. And then I got... So caught up in that tangent, I forgot about making lunch. Next thing you know, it's like two, and I'm out of the lunch field. It was like afternoon snack time. I don't even know what I had. Big shout out to Gino Vega. I'm curious what you had for your afternoon snack. Reach out to us uh, if you wanna if you wanna find out directly from the source. You can find my dude Gino Vega at Sensational Vega on the tweets. He's he's an awesome guy. He's on Facebook too. Gino Vega, look him up. He's accepting any and all friend requests, as far as I know. So so dig this. I got I got another dog related story. I'm I'm hanging and clanging around the house, right? That's obvious because what else? What else is there to do in the world at this point? Either go for a walk or hang and cling around the house. So I'm just like, I'm doing whatever I'm doing. And then all of a sudden the doorbell rings. And I'm like, who could that be? I mean, I can't even remember the last time that like an unannounced visitor came over. There's just like, that's even like against the law at this point, basically. So I'm sitting there thinking, huh, I wonder who it is. So I go over to the door and I uh, I open it up. Before I do, I pulled my mask up over my face. I, I have like a survivor style buff and I was just like, had it over my neck. So I pull it. I pull it up just just in case I don't know what to expect, right? So I open the door and there's this little this little kid standing there and he goes, "My dog's in your house." 
And I go, excuse me? He goes, my dog. I saw my dog go into your house. And I'm, I'm thinking, I, I have no idea what this kid is talking about. I go, do you mean the backyard? Did it get in the backyard? And he goes, no. It got out of my yard and it's in your house. And I'm thinking, this isn't like completely like impossible, I guess, because I was in the backyard. So maybe, maybe something weird happened when I was in there. So I, I go, I don't think your dog's in my house. He goes, it's in your house. We saw it go in your house. And I... I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. I go, I'm sorry. I really, I really don't think it's in here because my dogs are right here. And if there was another dog in the house, they would, they would definitely be like sniffing it or talking to it or doing, doing whatever, whatever dogs do. And he goes, I saw it go in your house. So I'm like, I'm standing here looking at this like little vacant dead eyed kid. This kid was like, he was like totally creepy. It was like children of the corn, right? And they go, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't think my dog, your dog is, is in my house. I go, are your are your parents around here somewhere? And he points across the street. And I, 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 I have like not the greatest feelings about the neighbors across the street. If you listen to the uh, POS, the patron only show I've talked about, I've talked about the few run-ins I've had with these folks. And I, I see them and they're just like standing across the street, like looking over at me. And I go, you know, I put my arms up like, I don't, you know, like, I don't know, like the shrug, like the over-exaggerated shrug. And the the mom goes, the dog's in your house. And I go, the dog's not in my house. And she goes, the dog's in your house. I go, I don't have your dog. I go, why do I, why would I have your dog? I go, you guys can come over here and stick your head in if you want. But I, I assure you, I don't have your dog. And they, they like make an angry face and she tells the kid to come back across the street. And I'm just like, I have no idea what's going on. I'm just like completely like, completely clueless as to what's happening here. So I I shut my door and I decide, eh, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to walk over to the Pokestop. So I, you know, put on my sunglasses and everything and I get ready to go out and I'm walking, I'm walking down the street and somebody pulls up near me in a, like an SUV and she goes, hey, do you know somebody who lost a Yorkie around here? And I go, yeah, I do because their dog is a Yorkie. I know this. I've seen them with it. I go, yeah, ask them over there. And I point to the family down the street. They're all standing in, in the front yard. I go, ask them. So I, uh, I pointed them over there and I, I kind of start walking. I see, I see them pull over and they start talking to the kids and then they look over at me and I wave back like, see, I didn't have your dog. I have no idea what you're talking about. And I'm just like, what would be the basis for this? What do you think made the kid say, I saw my dog go in your house? Do you think at some point, like, the dog ran over to my house and then, like, I didn't open the door or whatever, so it, it like, went off in some other direction? Do you think that's what he saw? But I think that if that's what he saw, wouldn't he have walked over and gotten the dog instead of, like, coming by later and asking me? I don't know. It's all It's all very weird to me. But this kid had, like... He had the most vacant dead eyes. He had like big bags under his eyes like he hasn't been sleeping. And he was, he's like a, a future murderer, man. So if you, if you live near me, avoid this kid who lives across the street from me. I, I can hear them all the time. Like there's no school right now. Everybody's at home. So I can hear these kids in the yard across the street all the time. And they're always screaming. And they're always just like, like they're cursing at like a super, super high level. And this kid's like, I'm not even kidding. He's like six seven, six or seven like that. He's really small. You should hear the foul words that come out of this kid's mouth, man. I can hear him across the street cursing out his sister, cursing out his baby brother, cursing out the dog. I heard him cursing at his mom the other day. It's it's weird, man. Something in the future, like this kid's going to rob a bank and, and they'll, they'll come and they'll ask people around the neighborhood if, if they knew him. And I'll be like, oh yeah, man. One time he came to my door and he accused me of stealing his dog. I I know not. All right, let's move ahead. American Pizza Man. <laughs> Pizza Man.
American pizza. American pizza. American pizza. All right, this is me, and I am back for the segment of the show I like to call the American Pizza Man. This is my adventures, my quest to become the ultimate American Pizza Man. I've been making pizzas every week at the house. I'm trying to, I'm trying to master the art of making a good pie. So far, so far I've had some success, man. I, I, I'm really digging this. I, so far, have made like a small, round like flat pizza. Last week I made a grandma pizza, which is like a pizza in a square pan, and I I like that one a lot. I had a lot of success. I felt like I had a lot of success. It tasted really good, and then the next day when I ate it, it tasted even better. So I decided, why not go to the well one more time and try another grandma pizza? This time though, we added some extra panache to the thing. We started the garden. In the backyard. It's garden season here in California. We've planted tomatoes. We've planted all kinds of awesome things. And one of the things we had in there is a holdover from last year. And that is, that is a bunch of onions that are growing in one of our garden boxes. As well as a bunch of chives. So we took the fresh onions and we took the fresh chives to add them to the pizza pie. The ultimate goal, the ultimate long-term goal is to get as much as we can on the pizza from our gardens. We've been growing like tomatoes like crazy. Last year we had like this amazing bumper crop of uh tomatoes. This year it looks like we're going to do just as well. So eventually the goal is to be making our own sauce from our own fresh tomatoes to go on the pizza. I think that once we reach that level, it's going to be like it's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. We've been growing peppers. Hopefully we'll get some of those green peppers fresh garden green peppers onto the pizza. I can imagine how amazing that's going to be. This time around, though, the only, like, fresh, homegrown ingredients that we had, like I said, were the uh, onions and the chives. But looking forward, it's going to be great. This time around, we also did something a little different than normal. It's not, like, a big deal in, in any form. But instead of buying, like, shredded cheese, normally we'll buy, like, a bag of shredded mozzarella, right? But this time we decided, like, why not get, like, a block? Well, like, We'll get the block and we'll shred it ourselves. It adds, it adds one more step and it's all, it's all about having fun. It's all about like making a nice pizza and having a good time. So the more steps you can add, the more fun that it is. I cut off like the end of the mozzarella block and I shredded it up. And this, this really brought back memories back when we used to live in Illinois. Shout out to my dude Preston from the Wayback Attack and uh, another Illinois uh, resident. When I, when I used to live back in Illinois, my mom would make a lasagna, maybe not every week. But at least like every other week, it was one of our staple dishes. And my job in the lasagna process was that of the uh, shredder, the cheese shredder. It was really nice to get to do that again. I haven't like shredded a cheese in a long time. The wife likes to pre-shredded. I don't know why, because the shredding part is part of the fun. So I did that. I'm like, shred, 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 shred. That was cool. And then to like, to like add to the atmosphere, I went onto YouTube and I found a, uh, a playlist, a pizza making playlist. And it was full of like Louis Prima and stuff like that. So we put on the pizza making playlist while we were doing it. I eat on the pasta twice just because she is so nice, Angelina. It made it a bit more fun. I got to admit, I felt like Kramer on that episode of Seinfeld when he was uh, making sausage with Newman. I think when you're doing something, it's, it's important to try to get the most out of it that you can. You want to like 
really set the atmosphere if it's possible. And something like a pizza making playlist is really, it's really going to make it more fun. Like we're chopping the vegetables and we're shredding the cheese and we're, we're like kneading the dough and doing all that stuff while this crazy, this crazy fun music is playing in the background. It was really, it was really like a nice little time. I, I liked it, dude. I'm really getting into this role of the, um, American pizza man. So far, like, I haven't actually like 100% made the dough on my own. The wife is like the, the head chef of the house and she um has been making the dough like I I observe and I help like she will um give me the ingredients and then like let me mix them herself but the next the next step that I have to do to make it in becoming like a true pizza man is I got to I got to like do it on my own like from a recipe right and I'm pretty sure I, I can I've observed it a few times already so I think that I think that when we next check in with the American Pizza Man, it's going to be me talking about how um, how I did with the dough. My guy, my guy Sean, reached out to me over on Facebook, and he asked me for the dough recipe. So he also is going to be going out there and trying to become an American Pizza Man. And I dig it. I dig it. I hope I hope you've been watching the uh, pizza show on Vice, like I recommended, Sean. It's really it's really great. It's going to get you in the mood to become a true American Pizza Man. It's really like really a fun show. I I think that we had like we had a lot of success with this this one this uh grandma style pizza. We went ahead and we used salami again. Uh, big shout out to Sean. This is a different Sean. Um, this is this is the Sean from the uh, Throwback Reviews podcast. He reached out to me and he was just like, "Hey man, salami's awful on pizza." But I said, "Hey hey bro, uh, it's awesome. You're wrong." So I I stick with that. It's great. We used uh, salami. We put some uh, green peppers. We put some of those onions and those chives, and we had some. We had some uh, leftover ham still. That ham's been in the deep freeze. We put it on there. So at this point, we're we're like becoming uh, specializers in the uh, home style meat lovers grandma pizza. But once we run out of this salami, once we run out of this ham, who knows what the next pie will be? But I wanna I wanna send a shout out to the two Shawns who reached out to me about the pizza uh, this week. Why don't you guys? Give it a shot and send me a pic of your pies. And we'll talk about it next time we come around. All right, my dudes, I'm going to get out of, out of here as far as being a pizza man. Let's move on to the next scene. Yeah, so me and ISO were over at the Christian school for flipping tractor tires. And once we finished that, we rode bikes over to Pokestop and for Team Rocket. One, two, three, four. Here come the phone. Alrighty, tidy whitey, it is me and I am back. Let me uh, tell you about a quick mystery that I solved. Maybe, like, I don't know, three weeks ago, a month ago. Time, time has no meaning at this point. It's all just like the day before or the day after or yesterday or whatever. So I, I was going to play some CDs. I had a, I had a Rilo Kylie CD that I wanted to play. So I went to, um, I went to pop it in. But before, before I did that, I got distracted with something. And then I ended up coming back, and when I opened up the CD case, the CD was not there. And I was just like, where, like, where could it possibly be, right? Because I, I take really good care of my CDs at this point. They're all, they're all in, like, alphabetical order. They're all, like, uh, just, just very library style. So I'm thinking, this is, this is so weird. I looked inside the CD player. I looked inside the DVD player. I looked inside the Blu-ray player. Anywhere that, like, like it could possibly be. I checked the, the car. I, I was like, this is so weird. Where would, like, a loose CD be, right? Because I always, 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 always put them back in the case. I looked, like, I looked, uh, behind 
the entertainment center to see if like maybe somehow it like fell back there but like like no dice and this was this was like going on for like a long time that I couldn't find it and I would walk by and I'd see the case and I, I would get like really really confused about the this mystery but then right now I went to put a uh, a DVD into the DVD player right and I saw underneath the DVD player was a Blu-ray. And I'm just like, I have no idea how this even got under here. No, no idea. But I pulled it out and it was The Wolf of Wall Street. One of my favorite Martin Scorsese movies that I was watching like a month ago. So I took, I took the Blu-ray over to the uh, Blu-ray section of my house and I, I got the case. And inside the case was the Rilo Kylie CD. Weird, right? So I'm like, Super happy that this mystery is now solved. I, I may actually play that CD in a few minutes. That was that was one of, like, the most boring stories I've ever told on any show that I've ever done, like, in my life. But I gotta tell you, man, I have been going batty trying to find this CD. I was just going bananas. I mean, I never thought, like, why don't I go to the Blu-ray rack and look through the uh, Blu-rays, but I... I wanted to play Inherent Vice, which is um, a really good movie by P.T. Anderson. I I picked up a Blu-ray copy of Inherent Vice over at the Dollar Tree about a month ago, believe it or not. Such a good movie, and I'm, I'm looking forward to checking it out again. It's actually running right now, and as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to go out there and uh, I'm going to go sit down. But man, like right now... I am so sore. My shoulders are just, like, devastated. I'm sure you heard that little bit a second ago about flipping tractor tires over at the, uh, at the Christian school. Well, man, I was doing that, and now I'm, like, so jacked. I am so jacked up. It's weird how, like, I don't get jacked up the next day. It's always, like, the day after. So I, I've, like, stopped thinking about it. I expect to wake up and be sore. But then when I wake up and I'm not sore, I kind of go, well, that's cool, man. Somehow you've avoided the soreness. But then the next day... I'm sore. Like, I'm sore all along the back of my legs. Because, like, doing a tire flip is like a deadlift. There's a lot of leg involved. My legs are hurt. My shoulders are hurt. Your boy is so devastated right now. The Horsepower Initiative is still in full effect. Your boy is working all the time. I need to hear how you guys are doing it. But, dude, make sure to take it easy. Make sure to uh, not overdo it. But then, at the same time, I'm like, you might as well overdo it to a degree. Because what else do you have to do? It's like, I'm sore. I'm hurting. But I do have the time to go sit down and watch Inherent Vice, so it's not, like, the biggest uh, deal in the world. I got I got a question the other day. This is from uh, Shailene, and she wants to know, what did you do for May the 4th? Right now, it is uh, the 8th. May the 4th is, of course, Star Wars Day, and that was that was just a few days back, and I, I don't know. Since we're all, like, in the house all the time, it's like, you gotta do what you can do to try to make things interesting and special, so I decided I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch some Star Wars on this, uh, day, so I went to, I went to Disney Plus, which we have. We got a free year with our, our Verizon phone contracts, otherwise I'd probably, I'd probably have ditched it a long time ago, but I, uh, went there and I, I popped in my favorite Star Wars movie of all the Star Wars movies, and that's a little movie known as Rogue One. I'm like, I'm like the biggest fan of Rogue One that there is. My favorite dude in it is uh, Saw Gerrera. I, I like him and his ragtag team of rebels. What I what I like about this movie and what like really draws it to me is it feels like it feels like a more realistic interpretation of what it would be to be a rebel in the world, to be like a rebel soldier. If you're gonna if you're gonna be a rebel fighting against the big empire, in the eyes of the empire, you are a terrorist, right? You're not like a freedom fighter. That's how you that's how you view yourself. To them you're a terrorist. And seeing, like, Saw Gerrera and Two Tubes and Jen Erso and Cassie and Andor 
and all these guys in a role that is like essentially that of an underdog terrorist was like really, really interesting to me. The movie's like, it's like so much more raw than your standard Star Wars movie. It feels like more akin to like the, the Mandalorian and I get it. I'm not complaining. Star Wars is for kids. That's cool. I understand it. I dig it. But it was nice that like we got one full movie that was really like for grownups. I just think it's so, I think it's so great. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say, I think that Rogue One is the best of all the Star Wars movies. None of the prequels even count as far as like, what's the best? I don't care. They're just like under my radar. The, uh, the sequels, they're all fine. I like Force Awakens. I didn't mind the middle one. I didn't think the last one was so great, but it's still, it's still fine. So that, that leaves Rogue One competing against the original trilogy now. Star Wars is great. It's awesome. Of course, it brought like, it brought all this amazing stuff into our world and it's a great movie, but it's not even like the best of the three. By and large, people consider Empire to be the best of the three. And I think Empire is really great. Don't get me wrong. It is in the Five Mike Movie Hall of Fame, as are all three of the uh, original uh, trilogy. But I don't think that, like, I just don't think that it stands up to Rogue One. I, I find that the whole part with, like, Yoda and the swamp and all that stuff, I get it. It's aimed for kids. It's great. It's aimed for kids. I understand. And when I was a kid, I liked it. But like when I try to watch it now, the Yoda stuff just like, it really draws me out. And I look, I understand Yoda's a great Jedi warrior. I understand it. I get it. When I was younger, I thought he was awesome. I think that it's awesome how he looks. I think it's great. But like the whole, just everything involved with Dagobah. And then when like Luke goes in that cave and he sees Vader, all that stuff really... It really draws me out of the movie. And when I'm watching Rogue One, the only thing that I, like, kind of draws me out of the movie is the whole scene when uh, Jin and Cassie and Andor are going to, um, they're trying to, like, spy on and assassinate her dad, Galen Erso. That scene, I feel like, could probably be removed, but it does sort of, like, play in the story later, so it's fine. But I, I really think Rogue One is, like, an absolute work of art. So I, I put that on and I watched that. And then when it was over... I, like, immediately led into A New Hope. This was, like, the first time when I've been able to do, like, a really quick transition from this movie to that movie. So you see where Rogue One ends and this one start, or, like, at the same point. It was really, really great. And they really, like, blended together very well. One of the things I do like about Rogue One is that the the rebel fighters, like, the guys who are with Mon Mothma and uh, all those people, really look like rebel soldiers. They're, like, they're, like, grown men. They're dirty. They have mustaches and beards. Like, they look like a rebel army. And I like how close they look to the people in the original trilogy. I just like, I think it's great. I think it's a fantastic movie. I don't want to debate about this. We all have, like, our favorite Star Wars. And that's what makes Star Wars great. We all have our favorites. Gino Vegas' favorites is uh, Return of the Jedi. Engineer Nerd's favorite is the one with the pod race. We all have our favorites, man. We all have our favorites. And it's all... It's all fine. I don't really think he likes the Padres one that much, but uh, I just, I'm teasing my dude, just poking a little fun at Engineer Nerd on the tweets. I think, I think we're at the point where I'm going to get up out of here. If you guys have any questions, please, 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 please hit me up at Icy Robots on the tweets, facebook.com backslash Icy Robots. I, I got to admit some of these uh, episodes, I'm running a little light on things to say because it's not like something exciting happens every day. I'm stuck in the house doing, doing nothing, just hanging and clanging and biding my time and waiting for the chance to be able to go back into the universe again. So until that day happens, this is me, Icy Robot, signing off. Do the time. Don't let the time do you.
Times seem hard right now, but you gotta believe things are getting better. Birds are migrating again. Rains are back. Stuff's, stuff's getting better. Things are getting better. This has been an IC Robots radio production. The world is coming undone. Imperial flags rain across the galaxy. Save the rebellion! Save the dream!